Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Are you obligated to pay private parking ticket fees? Now, there's a story coming up on Global News that was sent in by Wes Schellenberg. He's a man from Abbotsford, and basically, I'll just give you the Coles notes of this. He and his wife visited a Christmas market out in Fort Langley back on December 15th of last year. Parked at a lot monitored by Easy Park. Well, guess what? The pay station in the lot was out of order. So they went to an attendant, uh, basically told them the story, said it was malfunctioning, it wouldn't accept the credit card. And then when they, back, they went back to their car, they spotted two attendants, told them that they were leaving, they were unable to buy a ticket, and then they noticed that there was a ticket on the windshield. So one of the two attendants said that they would remove the ticket, they'd rip it up, but wouldn't you know it, a month later, they received a violation notice for $145. Here's Wes telling uh, a little bit about his frustrations. I found it really frustrating because uh, it wasn't like I was trying to evade a parking, paying parking. Uh, we hadn't left the lot. We were only here for a few minutes. All right, so let's get to the bottom of this. Traffic lawyer Paul Doroshenko, kind enough to join me. Paul, good afternoon. Yeah, nice to speak with you. Well, you just heard from Wes himself a little bit frustrated because he thought he had done everything. It was a malfunctioning uh, device within a parking lot, and yet he finds himself out 145 bucks. What should he have done? Well, maybe he's not out $145 just yet. I mean, the uh, this is the the parking company claiming that he owes this money and he can always go back and explain it to the parking company. But think of the, the, uh, the, what a pain that is, right? Like write a letter to them to explain it all and hope that they accept it. And then if they don't accept it, what are you going to do? Like, what's your remedy? Um, you know, I, it sounds like he did everything right. Sounds like he did everything correct at the time. And here, you know, he gets this thing in the mail. And of course the parking companies have access to your address based on your, your uh, license plate number. Well, Paul, okay, I want to kind of backpedal this for those listening that maybe don't understand this. So what happens before it goes to a collections agency? Obviously, they wait a set amount of time. Does this company, if they don't hear from you or they don't get the money, they ship it off to the collections agency. But once they ship it off to the collections agency, is this not now a write-off for that company? Well, it's not necessarily even something that can go to a collections agency because they don't have that much information. Like, I don't have people calling me saying a collections agency is hounding me for the $145 ticket. Uh, And the reason I think that they probably don't send those to a collections agency, they're just doing it themselves, harassing people to try and collect this money, is because the last thing they want to do is make an allegation against somebody that somehow damages their credit rating. But if they do, if they find somebody who's, you know, a collection agency that's willing to try and, uh, and come back after it. Yeah, I mean, you can continually to be be harassed for this money uh, in this circumstance where, you know, it's a, a dispute over whether or not you violated their terms and conditions of their of their parking lot parking agreement, if they're applied. Well, one of the things that was brought up to me, and I, I was looking around Pacific Center here and just talking to some people before the show, is they said, how many people actually read the back of the receipt? Like when you come into the parking lot, for example, you put in your card you or tap your card, you get this little thing that you either put on your windshield or keep with you until you cash out. Not a lot of people read the other side, which has got some interesting terminology. Well, it's after you paid, right? 
Correct. So you get this notification <laughs> yeah. after you've paid. You've already formed the contract. And then you get this notification, oh, here's the terms of the contract. So, I mean, these things don't go to court, and there's a reason they don't go to court. It's such a small amount of money. But really, it's bound by, like, standard contract law. And, the, the you know, the contract has to be reasonable. Um, in some circumstances, you can get away with things that are unreasonable. But this is also notifying you of the terms after the contract. And so you don't necessarily know those terms beforehand. Now, the parking companies might take the position, well, it's on a sign somewhere. But, again, it has to be reasonably applied. And in this case, of course, you know, the fellow went to try and pay. He was trying to fulfill his obligation of, of parking there. Uh, and because their machine didn't work or something didn't work, he couldn't pay. So, you know, he goes to leave. How can that be a violation of the contract when you haven't bought the ticket to form the contract, right? Well, Paul, it's different if you stay over your time, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Gosh, there's so many questions I have for you. Let me ask you this. You're on the street the um, where you put the coins in. It doesn't work. But all of a sudden they say, well, we're going to ticket you because you could have paid by phone. What if I didn't have a phone? So the device on the street physically doesn't work. But yet they say, well, you could have paid by phone. How do you handle something like that? Well, that's a different issue, right? Because Correct. now you're dealing with a municipal uh, legal scheme. Um, if you're in a private parking lot, it's one thing. If you're parked on the street, you're you're bound by uh, basically City Hall. And you've heard the term, you can't fight City Hall. Uh, it's pretty hard to fight City Hall. In Vancouver, you used to be able to, to dispute a traffic ticket and have a trial in front of a justice of the peace, and it was proof beyond reasonable doubt. And, you know, the, the uh, person who issued the ticket had to show up and testify. And they just did away with that, got rid of the entire tribunal, and made it so, you know, if you get a traffic ticket, the best you can do is phone in. Somebody from the city berates you about, you know, how terrible you are because you you, uh, you, you failed to pay, the parking ticket rather. You failed to pay for your parking ticket and then that's it. I mean, it, it's sort of the end of it. The issue with the, with the damaged meters is the city takes the position that if the meter is not functioning and you don't have a phone, then you simply cannot park there because you cannot pay. Uh, and they're probably well-placed to make that argument. And, of course, they just write it into a bylaw, and, and you're stuck with it. It's an interesting conversation. Very quickly, uh, Paul, so I get the ticket. The gentleman, West gets a ticket. Do you pay it, or do you just wait out the phone calls? Uh, I wouldn't wait out the phone calls, and I, and I wouldn't pay it. I mean, I, you know, historically, one of the things that I've done, and it's been a very few times, but it's over the course of my life, is I've written a check for the cost of the next hour's parking, right? So say you go and you pay to park, and you end up five minutes over uh, the time that you've got, and I come back and I get a ticket. I've written a check to that company and said, this is the, the actual damages or the next hour's parking, um, and it's fair for you to, to get that, and it's, you know, inconvenient for me, but I didn't expect to be beyond the time period. And they've cashed the check. And I know some people have done that written with a letter uh, and the company's written back and said, no way. Um, but in a case like this, really, like you contact the company and usually in the form of a letter or an email, uh, I like the formality of a letter. Uh, if it's to save $145, you know, it might be worth writing a letter to them and saying, this is what happened. Uh, because they don't want to, they don't want to be looked at like they're complete jerks, Right. Uh, and they don't come off very well in this scenario. And if this is, in fact, the way that it played out, um, you know, it will not reflect well on that company. Paul, thank you. And we didn't even get into the world of towing. We'll save that for next time. <laughs> thank you, Paul. Appreciate your time Sounds today. Good. All yeah, right. Nice to speak with you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Paul.